Good morning. Good morning to those of you who are watching online. If you are a soccer or a football fan, these last few weeks you've had to learn a new skill set, which is to be in a meeting watching the game on your phone, but not let the people in the meeting know that you're watching the game on your phone. Right? So you're here, and then maybe your team scores, and you just want to do a fist bump. Um, but you, of course, then everybody in the room is going to think, whatever idea they just shared is the greatest idea ever, and you're going to be stuck with it for 20 years. Or if your team gets scored against, and you start to cry or break down or swear, um, then, of course, that's going to let people in the meeting know you've got, you know, what's going on with this person. So if you're watching the game right now, and your team scores, you have to just have to yell out, Amen. And then we will think, yes, this person's listening to the message and not watching the soccer game. But it is the day I know the World Cup game is on. And so if you're uh, checking your scores, just shout out every now and again who's winning and we'll uh, be grateful. Uh, this is a season of making room. Uh, maybe in your house, you took down your fall decorations and you put up your Christmas decorations. And in order to do that, you had to make room. Uh, maybe you've got company coming for the holidays or families returning home and so you had to get rooms set up and bedding figured out and move things around in order to make room. Maybe uh, you've put your Christmas tree up in your house already. I think ours is going up today and uh, maybe it looks like this. Um, you know the tree always looks so much smaller in the yard and in the lot and then you get it home and you think what were we thinking this thing is enormous um, but in order to get that tree which is such a weird thing to bring an outdoor tree into your house uh, you have to make room you have to move things around and chairs that you are always in this room get moved to other rooms and tables get moved around and lamps and all kinds of stuff and in our house we're always like can we still see the tv around the you know around this the girth of the tree uh, but this is a time of of making room for things and Advent is the season of making room too. Making room in our hearts, getting ready to welcome Christ as Lord and King of our lives. And that always requires moving things around, making our priorities, checking our priorities, making decisions, making changes in order to make room for, for Jesus as we welcome him in this Christmas season. And so today we want to talk about peace, because we've been going through the themes of Advent, hope, love, joy, and the final one that we look at today is peace. And as we've been kind of joking a little bit, unless you're good and you've got more peace than you can handle, and it's just kind of almost annoying amounts of peace in your life, and you're just kind of in this state all the time of great kind of just contemplation and joy, um, then we can move right on. But I'm guessing maybe for some of you this is a season that comes with some extra challenges to it. Maybe it's having company come, maybe it's stuff at work, maybe it's just loss financially, but in this season are challenges and stresses that bring worry and anxiety to you. And you could benefit from having an increased measure of peace in your own life. Now, the word for peace in Hebrew, does anybody know what it is? Shalom. Yes, it's the one Hebrew word that just what every Christian kind of knows. And the word peace means really an integration, that everything is coming together, that it's working as it should, that all the pieces and parts are doing their job. 
Um, it kind of, um, you get the image in creation when it said the earth was formless and void. God speaks his word and it comes into order. There's peace that comes to the creation. When the Israeli prophets were preaching to the people of Israel, um, the people were living in sin, they were practicing injustice, there was all kinds of brokenness in their culture, and God kept saying, there's going to be a day when peace comes, and you're going to take those weapons that you've used for war, you're going to dismantle them, and you're going to beat them into implements for farming. There's going to be such a transformation in the people of God when peace comes. And Jesus, of course, talks about peace on the inside. That when we welcome Christ into our life, the experience that we have is an amazing peace that really makes no sense, even given some of the circumstances that we live our lives in. And so today what I want to do, thinking about peace, I want to kind of walk us through just really, really practically how it is that you can access the peace of Christ the, the peace that Jesus makes available to each and every one of us as his followers. Because peace is not just a one-time offer. It's not just something we get at the moment of salvation. It's not just available to us when we have lost a loved one or when we're going through difficult circumstances. The peace of Christ is available to us each and every day. But while making peace or receiving the peace that God wants uh, means we need to position ourselves and know how to position ourselves to best able to be able best to receive the peace that he wants for us. Meaning there's some things that we can do to make it difficult for God to give us his peace. And there's things that we can do to make it easier, to make us more receptive, to make room for the peace that Christ wants to give us. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to walk us through what I think is absolutely one of the most brilliant passages in the New Testament about how to receive the peace of Christ on a daily basis, each and every one of us. It's found in, in the letter to Philippians chapter 4, starting at verses 4 through 9. Um, let me just set the context for you before we jump in. I don't know what you think about when you think about people who actually wrote the Bible, what their circumstances were like when they wrote it. Maybe you picture them in this beautiful garden-like setting. There's a little fountain over here, some water running by. There's birds chirping. There's someone playing kind of beautiful, calming music over in the corner. And then there's other people there, kind of arms outstretched in prayer, praying for them while they write the Bible. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today, was in jail and was awaiting his death. At some point, someone was going to come and knock on the door and say, it's time. You're coming with me and you're not coming back. He had pastored churches and started churches around the world and they were having all kinds of problems and he lived with the burden of all of these churches and all of their struggles and yet in the midst of all of these circumstances, he found a way to experience daily peace in the most unusual of spaces. So let's take a look at them together. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. I'll read them for you and then just make a few comments. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And listen to this. This is his promise to us. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means makes no sense. Given the circumstances that you're living in, you should not be experiencing peace, but you can. Which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is talking here about what it would look like for you and I to make room for peace in our lives. And he says three things, prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Let me just go through these quickly. When you think of prayer, don't reduce it to, I need to get something from God, so I'm going to spend some time with him. I need God to do something for me, so I'm going to go in to his presence and spend some time with him in the hopes that the result will be, I will get what I need from him. Prayer is about accessing the presence of God. And when you and I spend time in the presence of God, something transformative happens in our hearts. I don't know if you've had this experience. You go into God's presence and you're anxious. You're stressed out in my case. You're just wired and kind of just rattling with all kinds of things going on. And you spend time there. And in the process of spending time in his presence, you come out the other side with a measure of peace. Circumstances didn't change. Things didn't get better all around me. But something in here got better. And I was experiencing peace. If you read through the Psalms in particular, you'll notice this. That again and again, a Psalm will start out with someone angry, furious, grouchy, miserable with God about something that he didn't do. And then about halfway through the Psalm, there's a verse. And it usually says something like this. And then I entered the presence of the Lord. And then I went to the temple for worship. And at the end of the psalm, the psalmist has the happy clappies. God is great. He's holding my hand. Everything's going to be okay. The sun's going to come out tomorrow. He's gracious, loving, forgiving. And how did this change happen? By accessing the presence of God and finding there, meeting with the Prince of Peace. Like the spirit over the creation, bringing the chaos to order and giving us peace. Paul says, if you want more peace in your life, it starts with prayer. Then he says, petition, which is literally bringing what's on our hearts into God's presence and giving it to him. There's a scripture in Luke's gospel where Jesus tells the story about prayer. And he says, imagine it's 1130 at night. You have family that show up. You didn't expect them to come. They show up at your door. You put them into bed, but you realize you've got no food for them in the morning. So you go to your neighbor's house And you literally bang on the door of that neighbor's house until you wake them up and you get the food that you need so you can feed your family tomorrow. Jesus invites us to pray like this. To come into the Lord's presence and to literally bang on the doors of heaven for the things that it is that we need. Taking our worries, our anxieties, our stresses, all the things that are on our hearts and giving them to him in prayer. I tell you, I've told you this story before, that I've got this rather bizarre tradition that I do when I go on summer vacation. That kind of my last day of work, before I go into some time off, I go to Saints Rest Beach on the west side, and I kind of spend some time reflecting on what are the big, heavy burdens that I've been carrying around in my heart during this work year? What are the things that have caused me the most stress, that have kind of consumed the most mental energy in my life? And I go to the beach, and I look for a rock that kind of symbolizes the weight of the burden that I've been carrying around. And then I take that rock, and I step into the Bay of Fundy, and I turf it as hard as I can, which isn't very far because I'm not very strong, into the Bay of Fundy. 
And the verse that is always in my mind is 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And just this goofy act of taking these burdens and throwing them into the, way, into the water is just my way of casting my cares upon the Lord. Jesus invites us to do this prayer petition. And the third is thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving is the life-giving act of remembering that I've been here before. I've been in this space before, in a space of disorientation, in a space of frustration, anxiety, worry, stress. I've been here before. But God met me and was faithful to me. That's what Thanksgiving does for us. It helps us remember, this is not my first time feeling this way, struggling with this issue, or having some struggles in my life. And when we come to Thanksgiving, we remember, God met me in this time. And he was faithful to me. And it's hard in that moment to imagine. But imagine for a second that however you're feeling today, whatever level of stress or worry or anxiety you might be living with right now, in a year you're going to look back and say, oh yeah, Christmas 2022. God was faithful to me. It was difficult. It was challenging. But Thanksgiving is the act of remembering God's faithfulness. To us. There's a beautiful verse in Luke 1:78. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from the hill will break upon us. It's the prayer you pray when you're living in the night. God's mercy is coming. It's going to break over me. The light is going to break through. So Paul's in prison. He's waiting for the knock at his door. He's carrying the burdens from all these dysfunctional churches all over the ancient world that are writing him letters and telling him about their problems. And he needs to access the peace of Christ in his life. So he says, go into God's presence. Cast your cares on him and remember his faithfulness. And this is an exercise that you and I, no matter where we are, can do at any, to- at any time. You can get up first thing tomorrow morning and spend some time going through this exercise, creating room for the peace of God to shine into your heart. You can do it in line at the grocery store while you're waiting for the person in front of you who's been there 20 minutes and still hasn't found their debit card, and you can just access the peace of Christ in that moment. This is the great gift of Paul's words, but he's not done. Let me read verses 8 to 9 for you quickly. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is saying this. If you are going to make room for Christ, if you are going to reorder your mind, bring in these new things to focus on. You can picture him, Paul recognizes that the battle for anxiety, the battle for worry is between our ears. That's where the battle takes place. We live within our thoughts and they create extra levels of stress and worry. He's saying this, literally rearrange the furniture of your mind by making other things the focal point. Make these other things the focal point and as you do, worry will subside in your life. And he gives us a long list of options to choose from. He talks about things that are true. 
And it can be difficult in our day to figure out what really is true. What's noble or honest or reputable or just or pure. And he goes on and on and on. His point is this. Focus on these things. Bring them into your mind. Reflect on them. Give thanks for them. And as you do, your worries will subside. And he's not saying this to avoid what's going on in your life or pretend that everything's great. Not at all. Actually, the language he uses here is to say, make these things more weighty than your worries. Reflect on something that's true and beautiful and lovely. And hold it in tension with the stress you're feeling about this coming week or things at work or a family member. But as you do, let the, the, the beauty that you're reflecting on have greater weight in your mind than the thing that is concerning you. That if you had a set of scales, let these things of beauty and goodness and truth, let them have greater weight in your life than the things that you are worried about. And again, this is something you can practically do tomorrow. This is something you can actually sit down with a pen and paper and go through some of these words, pick three or four of them, and start to write out some of these ideas and thoughts and things that come to your mind when you think about them. And then you can be thinking about those and letting them take root in your life. So, what did Pastor Sandy say? It's how many minutes and seconds and nanoseconds until Christmas comes? I think we're going to be hearing that all week. How are you feeling? As you anticipate family coming, as you anticipate things at work, as you think about finances, as you think about kind of what the new year is going to bring, what is going on in your soul when you think about these things? Do your worries have greater weight in your mind than the faithfulness of God? Jesus invites us into his presence so that we can access the peace that he has made available to each and every one of us. But it requires us preparing him room. I just want to say one more thing, and then I'll, I promise we'll be done. If I was to kind of say, hey, what was one of the themes that I've been hearing from people in these last few months? Um, you know, I would ask people about their faith, and I would hear kind of a common refrain from people. I might ask someone how they're doing in their faith, and they might say, ah, it's not great, but I'm working on it. Other people might say, uh, it's going okay. I'm working on it. But there have been a lot of people who have responded as I've asked them this question. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand with Christ. I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not sure where I'm at in this season. This has been a common refrain from people. And if that would be you today, um, then I just want to make a few comments to you today. Um, first of all, this, um, that you're part of the Christmas story. You could be a character in the actual drama of Christ coming to earth. Because the people in the Christmas story were not spiritual rock stars. They were not the people that everybody was looking up to saying, oh, look at those shepherds. They are so awesome. I want my kids to be like them someday. They were not people that had great kind of reputability in the faith community. These were people that were largely outside, that lived with great measures of uncertainty, and really had no clue where they stood with their maker. And Jesus comes to them. And Jesus comes looking for them. 
And Jesus comes knocking on their door and says, it's exactly people like you who feel this way, who live with this uncertainty, who are not quite sure where they are, who are maybe feeling a little bit lost, to whom Jesus has come to reveal himself. And if that would be you today, my my pastoral counsel to you would simply be this. Make room. Open the door of your heart and say, God, thank you for coming my direction. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know what I need to do. I'm not sure right now, but I simply am going to make room for you this Christmas. And that you speak to my heart. I'm going to participate in worship. I am going to let your words speak to my soul. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to make room for you in my life. That we do have a good shepherd who wants to lead you and guide you, that his grace and mercy will follow you and hunt you down, which is literally the translation of that word in the 23rd Psalm. He is the shepherd who is going to hunt you down because he loves you. And he's come for you, that you would know how much he cares and the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that he brings. Let me pray. Lord, today maybe it's hard for us to think that you could bring any measure of peace given what's going on in our world, given what's going on in our hearts, or given what's going on between our ears. But Lord, we believe today that if we would make room for you, you would come and make your home among us. And one of the fruits of that would be peace. Lord, if there's people here today who are not looking forward to this week, who have extra levels of anxiety and worry about this coming week and weekend, Lord, we pray just for this simple practice of prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, that we would put this into practice and it would be our way of making room in our heart for you to bring us peace. And Lord, we pray for a peace that does not make sense given some of the circumstances that some of you are living in, but it would be our gift from you this Christmas season. And that as we experience this peace, we would be the kind of people who are making this available to other people too. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you come to those who are feeling lost and disoriented and not quite sure about anything. And God, pray that your love would just flood our hearts. We pray this in your name.